0: Log Talk Radio. Open up our oh minds, and I still can hear him say,
1: Oh, talk to me.
0: Don't you can me see what's going on? Say you will, sing your song.
2: Are just one night away from that field of 68 being cut to 66 and then 64 on Wednesday night. And then we got a field of 64 on Thursday. 16 games, the NCAA tournament on Thursday, 16 on Friday. I don't think there are two more dramatic days in sports. And what we begin on Thursday, what we have on Friday. Welcome to Late Night Hoops. I'm John Fanta. We're here. We're previewing the bracket. We're previewing the field of 68 as we continue on here. We have a jam packed show tonight. For the first time ever, I'm going to talk to, we've had Josh Adams talk to him before, but the managing editor of NBC College Basketball Coverage, Rob Dowster, will join us. That's a big time guest. He will join us here in just a few minutes. But we're talking all things. And I think the number one question you can tweet at me at John underscore fans is this. Who is the biggest opposition to Kentucky? Okay, I have the Wildcats in the Final Four. Who would be able to take them down out of the West? Is there a team that you think can do it? Tell us. We want to know. That's the question tonight. And I'm going to try to have Rob Downstor answer because, you know what, folks? Call me a softie, but I have Kentucky running the table. I'm telling you what right now. I look at their their pathway. Okay? Cincinnati and Purdue. Either one of those teams, it doesn't matter who it is, they just don't pose much of a contest to the Wildcats. Beyond that, a potential contest with Maryland, that's what I have right now, in the Sweet 16. And I like the Terrapins. I don't like them enough to be able to beat Kentucky. And then I have Wichita State making the Elite Eight run. Love Wichita State's backcourt. Don't know how deep they they can be with Kentucky. And that's why I've got the Wildcats. When I go down the West, I think that's the number one question. And that's what we're going to ask Rob Dowster. He's the managing editor of NBC's College Basketball Coverage. And it is our pleasure to welcome him. I know how busy of a week this is for him. It is for everybody around the college basketball world. Rob, thanks for making time with us. John Fanta here with you on Late Night Hoops on College Hoops Digest Radio. Good to be talking to you, my friend. And I open up the show with this question tonight, and I'll have you try to answer it. Who serves as the biggest opposition to Kentucky potentially on the bracket? Uh,
1: for for me, I think it's Wisconsin. You no, know, I think that they are the most likely team. You know, they're they're built to beat Kentucky. I think they're built the best way. And I think that they're, you know, going to end up playing them in the Final Four. Uh, you know, to beat Kentucky, I think you got to be able to do three things. I think you have to be able to keep them off of the offensive glass. I think you have to be able to pull their big men away from the basket. And I think you have to be able to run enough offense to break down um, what we all know is a great defense. And I think that Wisconsin is able to do all three of those things better than anybody else in the country.
2: The Badgers are down in the West region, the top seed in the West, and for me, I, I like their pathway too, Rob. I, I really thought that all four won season, rightly so, last year we had you know, Wichita State, and it's not your typical one, but had a really tough, tough, tough second game. I I thought no matter what, that that's you can't really give an argument that says that's not tough in Kentucky, and look what the Wildcats ended up doing, but... For Wisconsin in the West, I think they've got a pretty simple pathway as well. I don't think Oregon or Oklahoma State will pose a big test. I've got Oregon winning that game. Beyond that, you know what? I think Carolina's going to have their own tough test, and Roy Williams' team still scares me. And then down at the bottom, I I like Arizona quite a bit. But you know what? I think they're going to be taken to the limit against Baylor, which is why I have Wisconsin out of the West. I think on the the left side of the bracket, Midwest or West, is there a team out there that you think could – Pull off a shacker. Uh,
1: yeah, not in the not in the Midwest. I, I you know, I think Kentucky rolls through that bracket. Um I don't I, I don't think that there's anybody outside of a team on a top two seed that can actually beat the Wildcats. And Kansas is not one of those teams. So I don't I don't see them really being tested uh in the Midwest. Um I actually think the West is the toughest region, uh, for me. Um, I'm probably higher on Arizona than it sounds like you are. I think that Arizona is the third best team in the country right now. Uh, just with the, They run that pack line defense that uh, that Virginia runs. And I think with Brandon Ashley and Gabe York kind of hitting their stride, and Caleb Tarzowski as well, I think they're a really, really dangerous team. Uh, I also like North Carolina more than you do, it sounds like. The thing I like about North Carolina is that they can beat you in different ways. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of teams, there's, like, one thing that they can do that you can't guard against. And I don't – there's there's multiple things that North Carolina can do that can carry them to a win against anybody in the country. And I think, you know, obviously we all know how good Marcus Page is. He hasn't had a great year. He's been kind of banged up. You know, he didn't get a lot of help from Justin Jackson or, or Joel Berry or J.P. Tocono until, like, the last couple of weeks. Uh, but he can take over a game. Like, he hasn't gotten worse last season. He just had, had, hasn't had a great year. He can still take over a game. And they can dominate you inside. Like, I, I don't think people really realize just how good their big men are. Kennedy Meats is a mm-hmm. monster going to the offensive glass and a monster on the low block. Bryce Johnson is big and athletic, and he's got a really, really nice little turnaround jumper. Isaiah Hicks is coming along nicely. Joel James is still pretty good. I think that North Carolina is – you know, I was hoping that they didn't end up in a bracket like this because they were going to be my sleeper pick to make the Final Four. But I just, you know, I can't see them beating uh, Wisconsin and Arizona. But that that that's, that doesn't mean that North Carolina is not a very, very good team
2: like this. I like the ability of Carolina to, scare, to score the basketball. Rob Dowser joining us from NBC. Thanks so much to him for joining us on College Sports Radio. I, I agree with you. I, I like the idea that Carolina's got the talent potential. It just seems like, Rob, in the big game, some of that can fade away at times. And I'll tell you what: when they don't go to their posts, and I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's on their posts, if it's an inability to do it. Uh, their guard play beyond page. J.P. Uh, Tokodo, he's got to have it, Rob. I think that's a key. He's got to be on. He's got to be efficient. Because at times, I- I've seen a different Toko. I think he's a fluctuating player. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, a little bit. He, he settles for too many jumpers. You know, he's not a shooter.
2: Uh, and That's the thing. He's Thanks. at his best when he's
1: going to the rim, when he's trying to make plays off the bounce. And part of that is just, you know, the way that you can defend North Carolina at this point, is you just kind of play off. Because when uh, Toko's on the floor playing at the three and they have, point guard on the floor with Marcus Page, Joel Berry, and Nate Brick have proven to be able to be shooters. Um, Joel Berry's kind of come along, like I was saying, the last couple of weeks, shooting a little better. I think that opens up the floor a little bit, and that also allows Marcus Page to move off the ball, which is something that mm-hmm. makes North Carolina infinitely better, in my opinion.
2: Rob, I think an intriguing 5-12 in the West will stay down low, is Arkansas and Wofford, and I'll tell you what, the Razorbacks are certainly an intriguing team in the SEC, but on the other side it's the Terriers, and they were kind of that team. They were able to get a big win over NC State at NC State. They played West Virginia. They played Duke, and the question now becomes, is this the type of 12 led by Carl Cochran, the senior, that could be able to pull it off? I have the Terriers pulling this off over Arkansas. What do you make of, of that?
1: I think that it's going to be a tough matchup um, for Arkansas if Wafford's able to control the ball. You know, Walker's not going to be able to match up athletically with Arkansas at all. But they're a veteran team. They're not going to be bothered by Arkansas's press. Um, and I think that if they can kind of control pace, avoid turnovers, make it more of a possession-by-possession possession game instead of up and down, I think they have a chance to win it. I mean, that's a very, very good, very well coached experienced basketball team. The issue for me is going to be Bobby Portis. I don't know how they stop. Portis is one of the most underrated players in the country in my opinion. I, I think that he's terrific. Mm. Well, six foot ten, athletic, big man, tougher than people really give him credit for. <laughs> yeah, he can knock out step outside, knock down out threes. Um Gosh. I yeah, I think he's uh I think he's a guy that can really, really make a difference and I just don't know who on Wofford is going to guard him.
2: <laughs> Rob, I think teams are are in for a tough matchup with a kid like a six foot four kid like Roosevelt Jones from Butler. He plays like he's six foot seven. Nor alone Bobby Portis, who's six foot ten and can do just about anything for you. I mean, a kid like that could really do something special. But like you said, the way the West looks like it's playing out with Wisconsin, and Arizona, uh, it's a, a very strengthened side of the bracket both the Midwest and the West. Moving to the East, are you buying into Villanova?
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. I think they're um, they deserve the one seed. I think they're one of the top five or six teams in the country. They're they're just so balanced. They play so well. They're so well coached. They're really good defensively. They don't have as much size as I would want to see out of a real contender this year. Just because you know you look at all the other teams um, that really have a chance to win a national title, like is huge, and Wisconsin's got a huge front line, Arizona's got a yeah. huge front line. Um, so that kind of concerns me a little bit, and they don't have the big men that will let you invert their offense. Like Javon Pinkston isn't stepping out and knocking out threes. Daniel Olshavka, Ocher- he's uh, not. Ochefou, yeah, he's not. Frank Kaminsky, um, but you know that they're they're good. They're well coached. They hit a lot of threes. They're experienced. But Josh Hart, they've won a lot of games. Yeah, but Josh Hart's like a six foot six weight. You know, he can get in there and mix it up and rebound. But he's at his best when he's playing the three and he can match up with an opponent's three where he can kind of, like, overwhelm them a little bit physically. That's the other thing about the Big East that gets me, is that Josh Hart is bigger than most wings in the Big East. But he's not going to be bigger than most wings when he goes up against ACC teams. So that's my one concern with them, is I think the Big East has gotten a little bit overinflated. But, look, they went out and they earned the win that they got in the non conference portion of the schedule. Like, don't take away anything that Butler did in the non conference. Don't take away anything that Villanova did. But I think that those wins kind of overinflated just how good the Big East actually is. Like, I don't think that Georgetown being a four seed is just baffling.
2: Yeah. From overinflation to a little bit of underinflation, we stay out in the East. Northern Iowa, 30 and 3. What more could they do? They're a five seed. Rob, I thought that this team was a three seed, at the very least a four seed.
1: Wait, which team?
2: Northern Iowa.
1: You thought they were a four seed? Uh,
2: you know, I thought that. Well, I don't.
1: I don't. I don't have a. I don't have an issue with them getting a five personally, because the, the way I look at it is, you look at who's on that four seed line, and who would you drop to switch with them? Maybe Louisville. But well, Louisville just be no, Virginia no, no. On the 4 line, Saturday, I, I would no? drop
2: Georgetown. I would drop Georgetown right now.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I Georgetown, would do that right that's now. That's the one. See, that's the thing that I don't get. That's a that. crime. But, but, look, crime. but like, but to be fair, like with 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 Northern Iowa, I I don't. I know that they're in the MVC, and I know that they're very, very good. But if you look at the, the wins they got in the non-conference schedule and all that kind of stuff, like that, mm-hmm. it's not like it's not like they had a, a profile with, you know, eight top ones like, 25 wins and, like, 13 top 100 wins. It's not like they were snub. You know, their profile is not necessarily good enough to bump them up to seed. You can watch them play, and you can know how good that tunnel is, and you can know what that team is, you can see those top ten rankings all that and say that they should be up there, but it's not like you can look at the numbers and say, "Wow, this team should be a three C It's just it, they don't have a profile like that, so that's why I don't have a huge issue with it uh, personally. But you know, that's again, that's not to say they're not a very good team. I think they're very, very good.
2: Rob Bowster joining us from NBC Sports. He is the manager, managing editor of NBC's college basketball coverage. We continue on in the East, and I think that it really gets intriguing down at the bottom of the East. You've got Providence, you've got either Boise State or Dayton. What did you make of the Flyers as an 11th seed in a playing game? They basically get a home game. Uh, do the Flyers have it in them to make another run? I think Providence is a potential bust, though.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I do think they won that first game, though. Like, I, 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 I hope people kind of understand. Just how passionate that Dayton fan base is. Like that Dayton Arena is going to Greece. be rocking. What do they play tomorrow or do they play Wednesday?
2: They play Wednesday. It's a great appetizer.
1: Yeah, on Wed that that place on Wednesday is going to be rocking. It's going to be insane in that arena. Like that that Dayton fan base is as passionate <laughs> as any fan base in the country. And look, they fill up the first four games for like sixteen seeds. <laughs> They fill out that arena just because they want to go watch some hoops. Like, those guys are crazy about it. So, I, that, that arena is going to be nuts. I love Boise State. I love Derek Marks. I have a huge man crush on Derek Marks. And I think it's really unfair what happened to him. And it's like, Boise State, I, I, look, I, I like them. I think they're really good. I don't think they have a chance to win that game. It's just playing a road game in March against Dayton in Dayton in the incidentally tournament. Like, that's the worst mm-hmm. draw that anybody has gotten since the NCAA tournament came to exist.
2: Wow. Some big-time stuff there from Rob Dowster. I, I mean, I guess I have to ask this question that on the 11. I know I know, we're going to a different region, but, <sighs> Rob, UCLA? I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, I, I don't – there's no explanation for that. Like, the, the committee messed that one up. And I think when you listen to the explanations that they're trying to give in these interviews, they know that they messed it up. And, look, I've I've ranted plenty about this, I'm sure you have, too. At at this point, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Colorado State got hosed. Utah – or, I'm sorry, UCLA got lucky. And and let's just roll the ball out, hope they lose by 25 against SMU, so everybody realizes that they messed up.
2: Rob Dowster joining us from NBC Sports. He is on the show tonight, and we continue on talking some college basketball with him. It's the best time of the year. Rob, in the South, I've got the Iowa State Cyclones making the great run. Uh, what do you make of that region? I think Duke's path is pretty simple. I don't think it's overly tough. I think it's Duke-Iowa State in the day. What do you make of it?
1: I like Gonzaga. I think Zagger makes it to the Elite. I think they actually get out of the Final Four because for this, I think Duke loses to San Diego State.
2: Wow, big time! Why?
1: I just—it's it, a matchup thing, and I know like it's rolling dice, and I think I'm going to have it in my bracket simply because um, if it does happen, you know you, you got to pick at least one crazy upset in your bracket. Like that's got to be a rule for you. But San Diego State's terrific with the same kind of big-to-big doubles that Virginia used uh, when they held Jaleel Ogle to 10 points in that game um, in Virginia. San St. Diego State does the same thing. Yeah. Uh, they're terrific at taking away the three-pointer. They don't score a lot of points, and, and, and that's going to be an issue. They're going to have to ho- hope that Duke doesn't have a, a, a great shooting night, but they do everything that you need to do defensively to beat Duke, and they are very, very, very good on the defensive end of the four. So I, I think that they, if anyone's going to beat Duke before the Final Four, I think that it's going to be San Diego State. And I'm probably going to end up rolling with
2: ice when I put my bracket out tomorrow
1: um, and have them pulling off that upset.
2: Rob Doster from NBC, the managing editor of their college basketball content. Rob, who is the sleeper in the field of 68?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with BYU. I really like their matchup. Wow. Um, I really like the talent they have on the roster. I think when you have guys as talented as Tyler Hall and Kyle Collinsworth and you have that many shooters on your team, uh, they can really dial it up and get it going. And I I think they're really, really dangerous coming out of that uh, playing game.
2: Rob Downster joining us from NBC. He's got the BYU Cougars as his team to watch. And, and Rob, you're not releasing your bracket until tomorrow, so I guess... I will not go ahead and, and ask you what your main prediction is because I think you want to kind of keep that a secret. But uh, do you think – I mean, have you ever seen this much of a favorite entering a tournament as we're seeing right now in Kentucky?
1: No, there there have been favorites that – here's the thing about Kentucky. Like, I think that at this point – They're overrated. Like, I don't – this isn't going to come out right. They're over – maybe they're overvalued at this point, especially in big – like, there's no way that you should ever bet money on Kentucky, even money to win the NCAA tournament this year. I I think that they're slightly better favorites. Uh, Maybe maybe a little more than slight, but marginally better favorites than Kentucky in 2012 or Louisville in 2013. Uh, I think they're pretty clearly the best team in the country, but I don't think that it's like – they're head and shoulders as well. Like, let's put it like this. If they played a seven-game series against Wisconsin or a seven-game series against Arizona, I bet Wisconsin and Arizona would win two of those games. I think Kentucky wins the series, wow. but I bet Wisconsin and Arizona makes it a series, makes it interesting. So, I don't I, – I, yeah, they're overvalued at this point. There's no way you should ever bet any money on Kentucky. And I'm even thinking about not having Kentucky win in my bracket just on the off chance they lose. Because if they win, like you've you got to get pretty much everything else perfect. Uh, man, has to roll the dice. That's how you do it.
2: Rob Dowster, a pleasure that you could join us. Hopefully, we can have you on again before the end of the tournament. Uh, is there a better time of year than this one?
1: <laughs> no, man. I, w- I was on a radio show today. And he said March is the best time of year. You get thin minute sundresses in March basketball. I'm like, all right. <laughs> get on board with that. <laughs>
2: Rob, thank you, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us. Great college basketball talk with you.
1: Hey, good talk, man.
2: Thanks for having me on. Thanks to Rob Downster. Getting great work done with NBC. He is the managing editor of their college basketball content. And that wraps it up with him, and we got a couple more minutes left to go on the show. And I think that the number one thing that I took was the last thing he said. Folks, he said that Kentucky's overvalued. How about that? He said that it's not, you know, a surefire thing here. It's, it's been in the past. It's going to be interesting to see if, if that is the case there with the Wildcats. I have them winning. I do. I have them running the table. I like Iowa State. like George's Niang. I like what Fred Hoiberg's done. I look at the Big 12, the challenge of the Big 12 conference. It's just incredibly tough. It's a grind, and it says a lot with what they've been able to do. The question becomes, can they continue to come back? That's a big question for them, because they've fallen behind quite a few times, and that's my one concern with Fred Hoiberg's team. They run the floor though tremendously well. I really, really do think that. And and Hoiberg's team, when they get out in transition, it's just it's so hard to be able to beat them. It, it really is, and that's my thing with them. They they've got some versatile sides. I, I like Dustin Hope. I like Niang. Uh, real intriguing to see what is up and coming with the Iowa State Cyclones. And with that, we welcome in a fellow partner of mine in the College Hoops Digest team. Covered the Big East Tournament, and we'll continue to have some coverage. You can tweet at Corey underscore Ponero, that's P-O-N-T-A-R-O-L-L-O. A great friend is with me now, Corey Ponderello, joining us here on the hotline on Late Night Hoops to wrap up the show from collegehoopsdiet.com. He's also a Pirate Sports Network correspondent. And, Corey, you were at the Big East Tournament. Do you believe that Villanova can make the run of the Final Four?
0: John, saw them in the spotlight, in the tournament spotlight. I think that they were arguably one of the best teams in the country. When they can hit from outside, which Josh Hart, Clearly was able to do, and the rest of the team, they can compete with anyone in the country. I thought it was unique how Providence in that game, which in my eyes was the Big East champion, the real Big East championship game. How that game was very close. You know, Nova wasn't shooting the ball well, but they got it done against a Providence team, which you and I both believe that can make a deep run. (laughs) But it's a different spotlight. You're not playing in the same arena. You're you're facing different teams. I like Nova. I Everyone on that team can shoot, so if someone's off, there always can be another player that can come off the bench, example, Josh Hart, Ennis, who can fill that three-point role. But if they're clicking on all cylinders, I think they can be Final Four. They can even make it to the championship if they can
1: do what they do best.
2: Corey Ponarello joining us, uh, my partner, collegehoopsdigest.com. And, Corey, we take a look at the bracket as a whole. Who is your sleeper team out there? John, I heard
0: you talking before early on in the show and you said how you had Baylor giving Arizona a run for the money. And I I really think that some people are underlooking a, a playing game with this BYU team. This BYU team, John, is second <laughs> in the country in points per game with eighty three point six. Assists are fifth in the country, fifteenth in rebounding in the country. And their 46 and field goal percentage show they, you know, they are efficient. And when it comes down to uh, Ole Miss, I think they can handle. And when it comes down to just playing basketball, you got to be able to put the ball in the net, which they're efficient in doing. I, you know, this Baylor team, John, I, I don't think offensively they're very great. Throughout the years, we've seen that they're very, they're athletic, quick, but not so much. A great basketball team. And believe it
2: or not, I have
0: Hmm. BYU making some noise. I say they beat Baylor. I think they can beat Baylor. They can handle business. And they can go to the Sweet 16 against Arizona, where I think Arizona will handle business. But that's a team to watch out for. And another team that a lot of people are hating on is this Texas Longhorn team. They have, if Miles Turner and Cameron, excuse me if I pronounce this last name wrong.
2: Cameron Ridley.
0: Cameron Ridley, excuse me.
2: Well, Cameron, yeah, Cameron Ridley for Texas, Cameron Woods for Butler.
0: And this is where
2: is also a unique
0: matchup. This Texas team, I agree, is not great. They're in a Big 12 conference mm-hmm. where there's a lot of competition. But, John, one thing that you pointed out to me throughout, obviously covering the Big East, is that Butler is great at offensive rebounding the basketball. This Texas team is eighth in rebounding in the country on the offensive glass. And sports defensively. Butler is a team that likes to get second-chance points. We saw that through the Big East tournament. And if they're not getting those opportunities, then Texas can – I think Texas can upset Butler. I don't see why Texas can't. They have bigs that are able to do so. I don't think Cameron Woods has – he has the length and the athletic ability, but he doesn't have the muscle to go against Turner, uh, against Turner and Ridley. I think that's a matchup to you know really watch out for, and one last thing uh, in my eyes that I think is a lot of people are overlooking is Ohio State VCU. Um, I know hmm. a good friend of mine, Josh Adams, who gave me the wonderful opportunity to be on the crew for college, Hoops, excuse me, College Hoops Digest it was at the Atlantic tournament. I asked a couple questions about him, and we love obviously this VCU defense is so havoc. They just like a pest, like a leech, to really irritate opposing teams. But what if you have the point guard play that can handle that type of pressure? And I I am a yeah. firm believer that D'Angelo Russell was able to do so. He's arguably – he's a candidate for player of the year. He averages short under – he averages 19.4 points per game. And we – I mean, college basketball is a little different from the NBA, obviously. Look at Kemba Walker. Look at Shabazz Napier. Look what point guards can totally do for their team. Yes, Ohio State relies on Russell. Yes, he can be a very streaky shooter. Yes, they have some bad losses. But VCU, if their defense isn't working against Russell, then I think this Ohio State team can pull off the upset against VCU. They can shoot the three ball well. I don't know how they're going to fair inside, but VCU Athletic, if they start getting in Russell's head, then I think VCU is going to have a easy walk in the park against this Ohio State team.
2: All about tempo, and we have fast-tempo coverage. Corey Ponarello and I will have We're just running out of time here. Just seconds winding down. You can follow us on com. Follow Corey at Corey underscore Ponarello. Follow me at John underscore Fanta. That's all for now. More late-night hoops to come this week. Go to collegehoops.com. For complete coverage of the NCAA tournament. For all of us, good night. This is late night hoops.